Quick question for you. Are you a Federal Access member yet? If you're a government contractor, you need a Federal Access account. You can get started today with a free membership. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Free members get access to about 20 documents and templates as well as our video training playbooks. More importantly, this gets you in the RSM Federal ecosystem and makes you part of our community. So go grab your free account today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with another great episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. And we are here today with Mr. Mark Amtower. Mark, how are you doing? And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, a little bit about your background. Mike, thanks for having me. Uh, great to be here. Um, what do I do? Boy, uh, I started Antower and Company January 1, 1985. Uh, I had looked around. I'd been in the market for a couple of years selling uh, uh, technical and management training to the government in Fortune 100. And I was at Government Computer News as their first CERC director. But the more I looked around, the more I saw that nobody was really treating marketing to the government as a separate discipline. Mm. So I decided that that was where I was going to park my butt. And uh, now, you know, I'm in year 36, so I guess it's wow. kind of worked out. Yeah, yeah, that's um, worked out a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the trick with that was, you know, marketing in 1985 bears little resemblance to marketing today. Mm. The, the tactics are kind of the same, but the venues are radically different. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're, you're right on there. And I, I think what's interesting that I've seen is the, I don't, I don't know if the best way to put this, but the laziness of, of some people in marketing today where they have these fantastic tools, but they, they're not utilizing them in the ways they could be. And they're just... Uh, well, I'm sure we're going to get into that. So what we're going to talk today a little bit about your chapter that, that you wrote in Game Changers for Government Contractors, the book. It's out there on Amazon. Everybody can go grab that. Go read Mark's chapter. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people I've seen commenting on how much they like the book. I think almost everyone mentions your chapter as one of their favorite ones in the book uh, on social selling. And I think it's fascinating to me that you've been in the market as long as you have and focused on marketing but now you've kind of zeroed in on this social selling piece and it's really i mean like if i were to ask somebody who knows about social selling social media and government related your name is the first one that pops up i mean it, it, i love yeah. when that happens yeah 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 because i mean you just you get it and and i think that's just fascinating so why don't you tell everybody, let's break them in easy here and tell everybody what is social selling in your perspective? So uh, social selling, the, 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 the consensus among LinkedIn experts, there's, there's a group on Facebook that, that's really quite good of, of, social, of, uh, of LinkedIn experts. But the consensus seems to be that it's a multidimensional, multi-touch method of getting on the radar and staying there in a non-intrusive manner. So what you what you want to do with social selling is become top of mind without being annoying. So your goal is to be pervasive. 
in your niche, not across the board, but in your niche. So you need to add value with each touch. You're not, you know, no cheap shots, no uh, <clears throat> uh, peripheral crap, no, uh, you know, no tweeting. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm at Starbucks. Come find me. Right. Uh, <laughs> Those are the best. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's so many social selling uh, uh, triggers out there, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But, but there's there's so many touches that you can make, and making them with key people in your market is is what this is about. Yeah, and I think you you know you touched on something really important there, where I, I think you know staying in your lane is super important. You know that you talk about the peripheral, and and there's there's so many people that they they get on LinkedIn and let's say they're in the IT business or whatever it is. And they want to get on and, and battle about politics. They want to get on and battle about something with celebrities, or they want to get on and battle about, you know, whatever it is, you know, they, they want to, they want to choose every single battle. There's a couple of people that I see on, uh, on my little timeline there all the time. And if there's a fight there in it and it has nothing to do, like, I still don't know what these people do. Like, I have no idea what industry they're in, but I see them in these fights all the time. And I know they're, they're trying to express some opinions and things, but it's not adding any value, which was a key word you said earlier. It's not adding any value to any conversation relevant to their business. So even if you do like watching them argue, you're probably not the crowd they really want to attract unless some, for some weird reason they just want people that argue to follow them you know it's they're, they're not they're not getting a market following which is why they're probably on linkedin in the first place so. well and and that stems i think from a whole different issue there was this whole huge about seven or eight years ago personal branding thing everybody needs a personal brand mm -hmm. well you don't develop a brand around your name you develop your brand around a skill that you bring so what value is a personal brand if there's no substance behind it right right and and i i think that's the confusion you know for a lot of people is they believe that well and and you'll hear gary vaynerchuk is one of the people that people talk about all the time where well gary can talk about whatever yeah but gary is he is known for certain things and you just you recognize his name around those things but you know when you get into it like when i think of him i think about marketing yeah, I mean, and he's he's well. He has a well deserved reputation as a great marketer. There's there's a lot of people that do, and <clears throat> for our market, some of the stuff he says is germane. A lot of the stuff he says is not. Yeah. So it's a different market in GovCon. Yeah. So when I say be pervasive in your niche, I mean narrow it down. Who's your audience? Where what? What vertical do you play in and who are the people in that vertical that you need to influence that you need to be in front of? Yeah. And, and to me, <clears throat> that's a really valuable skill to be able to, you know, just narrow yourself down and put yourself almost in that lane. I mean, that's a very valuable skill for not just for social selling for every part of your business, but explain to the audience who's listening about this why it's so valuable what what makes being able to use social selling and niching yourself like that why is that so valuable to most companies 
Well, the, the companies and to individuals. I mean, you and I are both consultants. So for us, it is at least equally important. But there's 650 million people, professionals, on LinkedIn all over the world. In the United States, there's about 145 million or so. I think that's the current number. I don't want to be known by that many people. But if you're in the government contracting community, particularly the federal contracting community, I want to be known. Why? Uh, Because I bring a set of skills to the market that's applicable primarily, if not exclusively, to this market. Um, If I go outside of this market, I am one of many, not one of a few. Hmm. Okay, so number one, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at LinkedIn, right? But I would be less useful to a B2B or especially a B2C company if they wanted to use me for LinkedIn training. Hmm. If, you're, if you're B2G, I don't think there's many, if any, that could rival me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying I have the best skill set in B2G. I'm saying I have the best skill set as a consultant, as a, somebody you can hire to bring in. There's a lot of marketing people uh, uh, already employed by uh, large, medium, and small companies who are at least as good as me, perhaps better than me at LinkedIn, but they aren't consultants. <laughs> And and I, I I like the way you said that, and I I don't I don't think it's arrogant or anything. I I love it. You know, I I think being able to say I am the best and no one can rival me in this is very applicable to any company and should be what we strive for as a company in your niche. It shouldn't be you know if you're an IT company to say well we can do anything anywhere in the world with any kind of client <laughs> anything under the sun. We're we're the best at that. Because no one is the best at that, right? Yeah, well, it's the it's the ten person uh, IT company that claims to be a systems integrator, right? Right, right. You, right. Know, you know, they got nine hundred NAICS codes, yeah. and they're claiming twelve areas of expertise, and they don't even have that many employees. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just brought on this new client, and one of the things that jumped out at me—they're small; they're about a million a year. And one of the things that jumped out at me when we were talking was I said, so, you know, what are some of your goals this year and where do you want to go? And they said, hey, you know, we want to go from one to, you know, a couple million dollars. But here's what jumped out at me. They said, we only want to work in these two locations. This is it. Ah, perfect. And I was like, I love you guys. I <laughs> love you guys. I like, you guys <laughs> get it. They're like, we, because, and I, we started unpacking it. And they're like, we feel like there's this one particular contract that's worth, you know, a couple hundred million dollars a year. And if we just had our small piece of it and it just kept growing, we'd be really happy. And we could dominate these two cities. I, how, you get it. You really get it, you know, because there's so many people trying to do everything. I think that's hard when you see people following like the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world and other people like I I'm in this market, but I've also been in the commercial market so I can take his stuff and filter it and go, here's what I want to use for government. And here's what I don't. Uh, but a lot of people can't. And so you'll see them trying to be a thought leader in just like general 
you know, entrepreneurship when they're trying to be IT experts to the government or whatever is there. You know, they still haven't figured out their identity yet, but they're trying to be a thought leader, you know. And it's like, wow, this is a very confusing identity that we have going on here. So oh, I, 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 I coach people in developing the subject matter expert platform. And one of the first exercises I have them go through is a SWOT analysis. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the threats? What are the opportunities? And I make them find people that do the same thing and rank the food chain. Where do you fit in this food mm. chain? Who gets the speaking gigs? Who gets quoted in the media? Who, who uh, you know, who gets to byline the articles? Um, you know, if you're not at the top of that list, are you a legitimate subject matter expert? Mm. Um, you, you still can be, but your goal is to move up that list and to differentiate yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, that's a big deal. You know, for, for people listening, I think the the idea of social selling is one Correct me if you think I'm wrong here. I, I think a lot of people believe that I get a LinkedIn profile and then that's kind of it. You know, I, I do, because like, how do I sell to the government using social media? I, I, I think that's the question. And I think there's some disbelief behind that of I don't think that's I don't think you can do that. I don't think it works, you know, because I think for most people, their thought of social selling involves Facebook advertising or something. You know, I think yeah, Facebook has yeah. ruined a lot of this stuff because, hey, we, we'll just create an ad, you know, and we'll put that out there. Hey, hey, LinkedIn, we'll create an ad. We'll message stuff in your inbox, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I think that that's their concept. So I, I think it would help some of the people listening if they understood some of the key elements of social selling and how this really works, especially, you know, I'm a government contractor trying to sell to the government. What are those key elements that I'm looking for? Well, you know, frankly, from my point of view, the first key element is knowing who you are, what you do, making certain that that is totally represented in a really positive way on your personal profile than your company profile. Because <clears throat> if you start reaching out and touching people, sharing information, they're liable to come back to your profile. If, if mm -hmm. your profile is one of those bare bones things, you might as well put a tombstone in the background. Yeah. Um, so informationally, it has to be robust. That about section is key. That opening screenshot, the background, your headshot, your headline are key to getting people to mm. be interested enough to read something about you. If it's not, you're toast. Yeah. So that that's step one. But, you know, elements of social selling, I mean, there's touch points on and off LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is 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 good in, you know, your, these connections of yours were in the news, right? So you have a lot of stuff either on your homepage or on your notification page. And this is coming through on a regular basis, almost like a Twitter feed. Hmm. Okay? When these things occur, every morning, if I'm in the office in the morning, every morning I'll spend about 20 to 25 minutes telling people happy birthday, congrats on the new job, uh, you know, way to go getting this board position, whatever 
things are there, but I'm I'm doing so in a uh, slightly discriminatory manner. I'll look at the profile first. If it's somebody high up in my food chain, I'll take a little more time with that particular message. Hey, John, this this is great. It's good to see that the company recognizes your uh, skill and they gave you this promotion. And if I know another, you know, half a dozen or more people in that organization, I'll just say, and, and by the way, tell Carol, I said, hello. Mm. Um, so I'm reminding them that I'm known in their organization, that I know who they are. I know what they do. I'm not just sending, you know, that click congrats message. Yeah. So yeah. This, this is, this is key. I've had some of these things turn into conversations, uh, on LinkedIn through the messaging, then on the phone and then coffee and then a consulting gig. Hmm. Nice. Very nice. It it doesn't happen unless you push that initial pebble to start the avalanche. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so funny. You mentioned the birthday one, and my birthday was just a couple of weeks ago. And every year I get some birthday requests. This year, you know, I've got a lot more connections. And I, I'll be honest, I, I've always thought the birthday thing was really lame, like saying happy birthday. And this year, I probably had almost 300 of them. And I'd had a really kind of rough week leading into that. And it, it made was, you feel good, didn't it? It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and, and I, I I responded to every single one individually, and there was some I could tell just hit just click the button, but there were several people, probably about a half a dozen or so, that asked me, you know, if I was doing anything special for my birthday. I don't know if that's an option in there, but asked me if I was doing anything special. I just happened to be launching Game Changers the next day after my birthday, <laughs> uh, so I mean, my birthday was on Monday. Game Changers launched on Tuesday, and so uh, so I'm responding to all this. Oh so, yeah, I just launched my book. It's a bestseller and all this and. And, uh, you know, that actually led to book sales because <laughs> yeah, they were well, like, oh, you did what? Oh, you launched the book. Let me, what's but the book? You said something absolutely key right there. You responded to every single one. Yeah. Okay. I do the same thing. But again, it depends on who it is, how much I'll go into that. Yeah. If, if, it's, if it's somebody who's never going to be or not currently in a position to hire me, I'll still send it. So I'll say, you know happy birthday, make it a great day, but I'll put their name in. I put everybody's name yeah, in, yeah. okay? Um, because LinkedIn doesn't do that for you. Mm. They just give you the happy birthday. Yeah. But I'll personally... So, so responding to each one, I think, is key. Yeah. I mean, it just starts a conversation. Like I said, I wasn't trying to sell books. People asked, and I said what was going on. Next thing I know, they'd say, oh, I just grabbed a copy on Amazon. I. Okay, that wasn't my intention, but thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, and you asked me a question, I answered it. And then it started other conversations, you know, and again, it was just one of those things that I had never really appreciated that much. And and it it really made a big difference this year for me. So um, it's amazing to me, the the level of conversation people are willing to have on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. versus any other social platform. Uh, and I've just, I've never seen it anywhere else like LinkedIn, the, the way they, they do this. So, you know, I, I think we're kind of hitting on a couple of things here that you used the word earlier, the, the selling triggers. 
for people that don't know, what are some of the social selling triggers? Well, I, I want to give credit here. Uh, a guy named Jerry Moran uh, posted a list of 30 <clears throat> that I've been using for a while. I add a few of my own. But if you Google 30 LinkedIn social selling triggers, you'll come up with the entire list. But, um, but basically, these are the things that are coming through your notification feed or your homepage feed. Uh, so when, when uh, you go to your homepage, look on people viewed, okay? Who, who's viewing your profile? Now, if you have a non-paid account, you're going to see very few but you'll be able to track the numbers. And when you see those people viewing you, uh, you know, view back number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, an invitation to connect. So quick story. Um, this week, uh, uh, two days ago. Uh, so Wednesday, the vice president of a fortune 50 company, he's the vice president of worldwide public sector. So government's everywhere, right? But he's based local here, uh, so he's close to me. He reached out to connect. I, I looked at his profile, and I messaged him before connecting. So uh, I saw that he had been at his company 29 years, 29 wow. years. That doesn't happen often. That's so that's unheard. what I said. Uh, I said, happy to connect. 29 years, one company. Dude, you know, this doesn't happen often anymore. And uh, uh, I added that, you know, I'd welcome a short call sometime. And then I sent that. Then I connected. He replied to me on LinkedIn within about 10 minutes with his personal email and said, let's set up something. Uh, so one week after he sent that invitation, we're having breakfast. And the, the cool thing was when, during our phone conversation, uh, he indicated what his background was, that he's still relatively new to federal. Uh, he was a sled guy before, but um, two and a half years sled or fed rather. And he said, you know, I'm really happy with our marketing program, with everything except, drum roll, social. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, man, we got to talk. And he said, let's yeah. get together. So uh, so the, you never know what's going to happen. But I could have just said, accept, you know, the connection request. Mm -hmm. So, he's, you know, so he's on the Fortune 50. Yeah, I, I, I've only had a few, maybe seven or eight uh, Fortune 50 clients. I've had several Fortune 100s and more Fortune 500s. But when you get into that Fortune 50 range, you know, you, you you're you're happy it's it's like you getting 300 birthday uh yeah, greetings yeah. right yeah, yeah so absolutely. you know you're doing something right yeah you know and i would say you know one of the things that's interesting when i see is when you see uh, like heads or very you know people who've been on in the company for 29 30 years you know they're very high up whatever you want to call it and they are on linkedin i think that's interesting and they're active even somewhat i think that's interesting Another thing that I find interesting that will put a company on my radar personally is when I notice in the, the people to connect with the suggestions, when I see multiple people from that company on and I'm like, well, who is this? Clearly this company is doing something I've never heard of them, but now I've been suggested to connect with like the sixth or seventh person at that company. You yep. know, and, and it's, you know, an account manager or a sales rep or 
of another vice president of something, you know, and it it makes me take a look at the company and go, well, who is that? You know, I don't know. I don't know anything about the company, but I'm going to I'm going to stop and take a look and figure out who they are, because clearly they're big enough. They've got a dozen or so of these people online. I should probably know who they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. Simple, so, simple stuff. Exactly. So social selling trigger from that. Go to the company profile. Click on the employees. If if it's a, a you know big company, you know click on uh, if 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 you're looking for their federal people, click on Washington D.C. as a location and filter those total employees down. And you assume that if they're in D.C., they're going to be doing government work, right? Mm-hmm. So so now instead of a gene pool of fifteen hundred, you may have a gene pool of seventy five. Yeah. And you start looking at the profiles of those people. Looking at the profiles is a social trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if they view you back, then you reach out and say, hey, I saw you viewed my profile after I viewed yours. LinkedIn suggested I, I connect with your company. Uh, are you open to that? If so, please accept my request. And hey, let's have a chat sometime. Yeah. Don't sell them. Don't sell them. Just say, let's have a chat. Yeah, it's a, it's that simple, you know, and, and I I find that most of my requests get accepted. Almost almost all of them. I rarely have somebody not accept a request. I never have anyone. I take that back. I've had one person in all these years message me back and not accept my request. They were not rude to me, but they didn't they didn't connect. And they still to this day have not connected. Uh, but uh, that's yeah. it. like one out of, gosh, I've have like 8,000 connections, you know? And so it, it's just kind of funny. You know, you mentioned something earlier and I, I'm curious your thoughts on this because uh, I there's a lot of people that are pro paid account, pro mm-hmm. free account. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Give us the rundown. There's a lot of things that you can do without a paid membership on LinkedIn. And until you're really pushing the boundaries of that, I don't believe you need a paid account. The main thing I feel that you're missing is who's viewed my profile. I gotcha. Um, and, and that, don't get me wrong, that's an important factor here. You really want to know who's looking at your profile. You the You know, having, you know, 30, 40, 50 people a week looking at your profile is a pretty good average. Having more than that is a better average. But if they're not the right people, you might be doing something wrong. You may be going after that personal brand without substance. So <clears throat> I, I like to keep my, my numbers above, you know, 75 to 100 views a week. Um, but... <clears throat> I really want those views to be from people inside our market. Hmm. No, that, that's good advice, you know, because I think some people can look at it and just see the views and think they're going the right direction. But they could be like the, the political guy that I was talking about earlier, um, you know, and they hate, well, they hate everybody politically. But, you know, <laughs> they, they're like, they think they're attracting the right people, but they're really just attracting that crowd and they're not attracting their market. So if they're not looking at it, they, they wouldn't know that. Exactly. So, yeah. They so, hey, it's growing, so that's good, but it's yeah. let, let me Let me run through a, a just kind of a laundry list of triggers. 
<clears throat> so you have the people viewed, the invitations. Uh, in, in your notifications, you're going to get your connections, job change, promotion, birthday, uh, work anniversary, uh, somebody in the news, all of that type of thing. Those are worth responding to. <clears throat> you said earlier that when you post things, you respond. So that that's important also. So if you actually post on LinkedIn, either a link to something or uh, an article on LinkedIn, used to be LinkedIn Pulse. Uh, but basically, it's like blogging on LinkedIn. When anybody responds to that outside of a like, when they write something, always answer back. Uh, acknowledge that. But whenever you're posting, make sure two things. Make sure it's valuable to the niche that you serve and make sure it's edited or read carefully before you post. Mm. LinkedIn does not have spell check. Yeah. It doesn't have a grammar check. So you can post what seems to be a really good article for you, but it's two paragraphs, each one sentence of 500 words, um, you know, with little punctuation. And it was more of a rant than a post. Um, so, you know, just be careful what you put out there. Adding value with every touch is really one of the major keys here. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important. And, you know, it's funny how we're always talking about stuff like this that sounds so simple, but yet it's just not practiced. You know, well, so People are in such a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are in such a hurry. And, you know, for me, you know, you mentioned the spell check one. One of the things that has really made a huge difference for me is my brain thinks a lot faster than my fingers. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, uh, I mean, I, I still consider myself young. I'm in my forties. I, I still feel young, but my brain way outthinks my fingers. So I installed Grammarly and people have probably seen it and thought it was stupid. No, it's not stupid. Grammarly is awesome in your LinkedIn post. It'll, it'll do the autocorrect, not autocorrect. It'll point out what you're, what you're misspelling. And oh, cool. So it, yeah, yeah. You go to create a post in LinkedIn, and the little Grammarly button's right there in the corner. It'll tell you how many words you've misspelled. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's one of my favorite things, you know, because, again, it it's not that I'm a horrible speller. It's just I, I'm too fast. So, but yeah. Yes, well, it, I, I don't type well. So, I, I, you know, it seems like I'm dyslexic <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, you know, well, we we grew up in the in the Star Trek, uh, not Star Trek, Star Wars era. So you got Yoda in your mind; everything's backwards with the way you put words. You know, that's why you know that's the way we we do it. So yeah, I'm a little older than you. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a little you're a little older, but that's okay. Well, we'll we won't talk about that. We'll no. we'll just move right on. So you know, there's a lot of good stuff here, and we could talk social selling all day long. There is one thing that I think we, we haven't touched on a lot, and I do want, before we take off, I want to touch on a little bit. I, I think there's a lot of people that will listen to this podcast and wrap their head around a little bit more how to use LinkedIn, but still have some hesitancy on connecting with, say, a contracting officer or somebody. You know, do you, do you have a couple of tips for them on how to make those first couple of contacts with that contracting officer 
to start one of those conversations where they go and maybe have a phone call with them. I know, I know all everything you said so far does apply, but maybe you have some more specialized stuff that we could throw out there for them. Well, there's, there's two things to address here. Should you reach out immediately to connect? Um, and it, it really depends on who you're reaching out to. So contracting officers in particular, probably not. Um, because when you send out an invitation to connect, number one, you should never send the form letter. Always put it in contact, add a reason, uh, create a little scenario. You only have 300 characters there, but it, it shouldn't be, hey, I want to add you to my LinkedIn network. Yawn. That's an insult. <laughs> Contracting officers don't need more contractors in their network. They have plenty. Thank you very much. So. Yeah. Send an in-mail saying, hey, you know, we've been doing business with your agency or we're, uh, don't tell them you're responding to an RFP they sent out because then they won't talk to you. Yeah. Um, but, but, but indicate what your interest is in their agency in particular and say, hey, you know, um, I'd love a five-minute chat sometime. I don't want to, you know, suck up all of your time, but, but I'd really appreciate it. And if you are at all interested in connecting, I'd be thrilled to have you in my network, but put it in a context around <clears throat> what they do, not what you do, hmm. um, or the intersection point of those two things. Cause the contracting officer doesn't care what you sell product or service. They're filling a request from somebody inside. The more, the more knowledge you bring to the table on the front end, the more likely it is that they'll, they'll respond. Yeah, no, that that's great stuff. And before I turn it over to you for final thoughts, there's two things I want to mention out of your chapter. Uh, it's, it's chapter 17 in the Game Changers book that things that really stood out to me, one of them is that they are now 2.4 million identifiable feds on LinkedIn. That's a lot of people. It is. And, and I had to reduce that number down to 2.15 because uh, I just, after I sent the chapter in, I wrapped up my, uh, my 2020 census. So I sent you my chapter back in December. I didn't finish the oh. census until the end of January, but still. The government shrinking? <clears throat> um, I, I, I think it's more a matter of people... Um, not referencing their agencies. So it's some sort of nebulous public sector government uh, um, kind of job listing rather than DHS mm. or, you know, DISA or whatever. Um, so, and th there may be a few less. Um, Maybe they're hiding themselves better since people are getting I, too savvy, right? Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, you know, I, I know, for instance, that there's 800 uh, plus people at NSA on LinkedIn, but I, I, I have a lot of contractor friends who are there and they kind of laugh at me and say, no, there's probably about four or 5,000. Yeah. They just aren't listing NSA as their employer. Yeah, you kind of don't do that. <laughs> right. So, um and and they told me a couple of the the ways that they list themselves, but they didn't tell me all of them. Yeah. So, but but it's still a phenomenal number. And here's the kicker: every single federal agency and operating division that I looked up is on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. They're, so they're, I mean, they're all there. 
yeah, your audience is there. Where are you? And, and, you know, this is something that, that, that I don't think was in the chapter, but I've written this article uh, twice now. I'm getting ready to do it again. Uh, the simple act of being on LinkedIn is marketing. So your profile is the first public face all of these people are going to see. How do you represent yourself? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah, that that was uh, that was the last thing I was going to talk about was was that it, it's just, it is so perfect. You know, just the simple act of being on LinkedIn, being marketing, that's a big deal. So everybody can check out Mark's chapter. Again, it's chapter 17 on social selling. One of the things he has in there is the key elements of your profile. Uh, the 30 uh, LinkedIn sales triggers are in here as well. There's a lot of really good stuff in here. Mark, thanks for coming on today and everything that you've talked about. Any final words for folks? Uh, Michael, first, thank you. Um, and thank you for including me in the book. That was a blast. Um, <clears throat> no, I, just think about your goals for LinkedIn. Think of LinkedIn as, and it is, the best marketing tool that I have ever seen in my career being grossly underutilized. So what are your goals? What do you want people to do when they look at your profile? What do you want your profile to do for you when you're not on LinkedIn? Mm. Um, you know, if you start looking at it that way, then you're probably going to want to rewrite some of the things that are there. You're going to have criteria for connecting with people and criteria for the types of things that you'll post got to keep all of that in mind so you know every touch that you make is social selling it's either good selling or bad selling so make sure you're adding value at every step along the way before we get out of here today i want to ask you a couple of questions do you want to get more out of your government contracting business do you feel like you need an edge or some new insights are you just looking for maybe even some motivation in the right direction because maybe you're at a plateau? Well, if you said yes to any of those, maybe it's time you join Federal Access and you can start your journey with us today for free. Federal Access is our online training and education knowledge base for government contractors. There's everything you'll ever need to win government contractors in there, including support. But free members can start out with a couple of really basic awesome tools. One of them is our on-demand training videos called Strategy Playbooks. There's more than 60 training videos designed to boost your government skills by covering tips, strategies, market updates, and a whole lot more. And new videos are added monthly, so there's always new content coming in for our free members there. You can also get access to 12 key government sales templates and strategy documents to include a step-by-step -step market sales strategy document, a teaming and subcontracting questions to ask document and two capability statement templates. So you can just plug in your information and rock and roll from there. So those uh, those tools right there are kind of a preview of everything that's in Federal Access. Overall, there's a little over 250 documents in the system right now, but you'll get access to those 12 key documents. You'll get access to the, the 60 plus playbooks and the growing library of that is. All you have to do is visit federal-access.com forward slash join. Uh, the link is also going to be in the description of this podcast, so you can go back later and click on that, but that's federal-access.com 
forward slash join. So again, if you're feeling stuck in your business, if you feel like you need an edge or some new insights, or you just feel like maybe there's some gaps of knowledge that you 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 just you don't even know what you don't know, right? Something along those lines, then join Federal Access today for free, federal-access.com forward slash join. Join today for free so you can get access to all of that cool content and see everything else in there that some of the paid members get. So you actually, there'll just be a little gold lock over the paid features and you can upgrade uh, whenever you like. Until next time, thanks for joining us on this episode of Game Changers for Government Contractors. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app to get notifications of new episodes. And while you're there, we would also appreciate it if you'd take a minute to write us an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcasting app that is that you use. So thank you again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.